Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to the Armor Report Week in Review. I'm Brett Rosenthal. We're going to go over how we use the Armor Report to protect capital and capture upside every day, specifically last week, because last week was a switch from our risk monitor red signal to yellow to green. I'm going to walk you through that progression and how to use the information to make money. That's the purpose of this, this discussion this morning a practical use of how to use the armor report step-by-step to make money, okay? So um, the armor report stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research. So we begin and we end our decisions by managing risk first, then we capture upside. And we do it in three simple steps. The object is to get rid of all the noise out there, all the emotion, There's always going to be terrible stories around right when you should be buying stocks. Okay, that's just the nature of the beast. So the Armour Report, we break it down into three simple groups. All of our fundamental research, which is very important, leads to investment ideas being added to our whiteboard, not our portfolio. A fatal flaw of most investors is that they do fundamental research on a company, they find a stock that they like, and they use their portfolio as the whiteboard. They throw ideas into the portfolio, see what sticks, lose money. We don't do that at the Armour Report. We take our fundamental research. First thing we do is it makes it to the whiteboard. The second step is to use algorithms for execution purposes, to get rid of emotion, to get rid of investing because you love something but to actually invest because the probabilities are at their highest that you'll be able to make money and the rewards worth the risk. And the way we do that is use algorithms. I share them with you, the algorithms we've been working on and writing for over a decade. Okay. And we break that down essentially into seven index algorithms that tell us when institutional capital is being put in the market and when it's being taken out. We call that the risk monitor. When the seven index algos are all talking together, which we call confluence, that changes the colors. I'm going to walk you through how we went from red to yellow to green last week, and then what it meant for our portfolios. So how to take that information of algorithmic execution and actually apply it to managing a portfolio. Then the third stage is to use stop losses. It's incredibly important because no matter how good the fundamental research, and no matter how accurate a statistical probability algorithm is, you're still going to have periods of time where you have losses, and you have to cut them quickly, protect capital, so you're ready to go the next time. This is my own personal approach. Everything I'm going to share with you today, I use in my own portfolios. So you've got to do your own due diligence, make sure it fits your risk tolerance, 
and all those other things that I think as adults we all know um, is your responsibility. So my goal here is to share with you how to take information I'm providing through the Armour Report and apply it to a portfolio to protect capital and capture upside. So let's dive in. As always, you can subscribe to the channel right down here, the YouTube channel. Just click on that subscribe button, all right? Or if you wish to take it a step further, don't forget you can always go and subscribe to the Armour Report right here. There's a free Armour Action Alerts. You can subscribe to that as well. It gives you access to a morning email letting you know how we're going to day trade and how we're going to invest that day and access to a replay of our morning meeting. So consider doing that as well. Obviously, the like button helps me out, so go ahead and pound away whenever you think there's something worth talking about that you want others to know. Um, let's start with the risk monitor direction. I'm going to walk you through exactly what happened on our trading desk last week. Okay? So for Armor Insiders that are part of our Armor Pro um, a subscription level, you're, you're sharing with me all day ideas. We're talking through our Slack room. And, of course, I'm sharing the screen with you of how we're day trading and investing. So you can see step-by-step step how I'm putting capital to work. So let's start there because our day trading techniques led us into this bull run of the last four days. And it started, it started with the Armour Day Trading Playbook. For those of you who have been on here before, you probably heard this before, but I think it bears repeating. And of course, for those of you who are new, enjoy. We have a playbook we're building for you. All Armour Insiders can go find it on the website, right? You just click right here, drill down into the, into the Armour Report. Once you're a subscriber, scroll down. There's the playbook. Okay. In that playbook, you're going to find in that playbook a step-by-step -step approach how to day trade the indexes each day depending on the setup. The theory here being there's just so many ways that humans can express themselves every day when it comes to investing in the indexes. And the faster we recognize what the collective is doing, the faster we can benefit from it. So this is what we did Wednesday of Fed Day. It's not an exaggeration to say we do this every single month. We make money every single month on Fed Day. It's not hard. How to make money is not hard. It's executing the strategy that's hard. It's investing and trading psychology that's difficult. But the play is right there for you to see, and let's go take a peek at it now. Okay, we'll get to the um, right here, this day right here. This is the S&P index, right? So we're going to look at all the, the big indexes. So we're looking, this is the big picture of the S&P. So what we have here is risk monitor red right there. This is a daily chart of the SPY, the ETF. And you see the sell-off, and you see the bottom developing, and you see these four up days. The green box is where the risk monitor turned green, which, as you can see, is right near the low. Okay? Now let's go look at our day trading screens. This is, these are intraday charts using our day trading algorithm called the Price Movement Profiler. Each 
of these are the NASDAQ 100 here, QQQ, SPY, small cap index, the Dow, and volatility. Okay, now it's important to understand that when I share with you this information, um, when I share it on Twitter, you can subscribe, you know, follow me on Twitter, at Brett Rosenthal. I share this throughout the day. Uh, or stock twits at the Armour Report stock twits. Um, I'm sharing information on the underlying asset, SPY, QQQ, et cetera. We then trade the double ETF, SSO, or the triple SPXL. Some of us trade options. All of the derivatives work, but we use the underlying for all of um, the algorithmic expression. Okay, so you can execute however you wish, whatever asset you want. So what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to blow up the S&P chart so that you can see. Whoops. What this looked like for us on. Here's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Okay, each bar is three minutes. So it's a three minute bar chart. Blue bars are obviously up. The red bars are obviously down. The magenta bars are down. Okay. All the lines that are drawn, with the exception of this white line, which I manually move, it's our stop loss during the day. So when you all are sharing the screen, I'm sharing my screen, you're watching what I do. I move that up and down so you can see what the stops are. Okay. So all of the lines here with the exception of the purple dashes, are part of the Armour PMP. It's all based around the volume-weighted average price of the Armour VWAP. Then we also have Fibonacci extensions from the opening range up and down. Armour VWAP is the black dots. Okay, opening range up and down, red and green. Standard deviations above and below the VWAP and average true range highs and lows. Okay, so this is Fed Day. So let's just go over what Fed Day looks like. And what we'll, what we'll do real quick is switch over to the Armour Day Trading Playbook. So you click on the playbook, if you're a subscriber, you go down and you see, okay, where is, okay, here it is. How do I trade Fed Day? Step one through five of trading Fed Day. The most important point of how to trade Fed Day is this white box here. We don't trade Fed Day before the Fed news. So right here, as I'm sharing my screen and the market opens, and I say to all of you, guys, right in here, we're not trading. I don't care what the market does. What ends up happening is the market gives us a whole bunch of head fakes. And what we don't want to do whoops, is um, get taken in by, we think it's a run up, we think it's a run down, it's doing nothing until the news comes out. Then the news hits and the market implodes. All right, I'm gonna take this off so you can see this. All right. We'll open it up a bit. This is the Fed news imploding. So our job on Fed day is to let the Fed make their comments the next half hour. So at two o'clock the Fed makes the comment, then we have a half an hour to see what the setup's gonna be. Fed starts speaking. We look for our buy triggers. There are five armor buy triggers I share with you. When one of those five shows up, we execute without hesitation. The execution and the psychology of trading is the hardest part. 
We know what the triggers are. We know this play because it happens almost every single Fed meeting. All we have to do is hit the button and execute. Hard to do, a lot of emotions, a lot of news stories, a lot of breathless people on CNBC. Hit that mute button when you're watching on CNBC, turn it off, just look at what price action is doing and execute the strategy. All right, so here it is. Market sells off on the news. Oh, total panic. Now, on this particular day, I'm going to take this purple line down here because I change these spot gamma lines every day. But for you to understand, on this day, spot gamma lines were right here. So the market had gapped up in front of the Fed meeting, and I shared with all of you on Twitter, anybody who was willing to listen, I said to you, when the market is up in front of the Fed meeting, it goes down on the news. When it's down in front of the Fed meeting, it goes up on the news. That's a fact. You can bank that. Is anything 100%? No, I think we're all adults. I hope you understand that. I'm talking about statistical probabilities. Somewhere in the 90 plus percent range. Market runs up into the comment. It sells off on the news. Market sells off on the comment. It rallies on the news. It's just constant like that. Write it down, start trading it, okay? So we're out. News comes out. Gets hammered right down to four very important locations. So the next step when it comes to day trading correctly is finding the location and then the trigger. Now, on this particular day, it was absolute no-brainer. There were two spot gamma lines. Absolute gamma was here. The put wall was right here. So these two areas... Okay, were two locations that are important on the market. The third, and not in any particular order, one, two, and three, four, just as four. The third was the armor, average true range, low of the day. And the fourth was the armor moving average, where you could see it absolutely tails this yellow line right here. Okay, when you find a location with four important support areas, you then look for the reversal. And this three-bar reversal right here, and you can see it changes yellow. So red all the way down to the location, yellow reversal. We are buying the market right here off of the low. So the first way to use the Armour Report is join us on the live trading desk. Watch the screen. I'm walking you through what's happening, and I'm sharing with you step by step. Okay, this is what's going to happen next. This is where we're going to put capital to work. This is what the stop is going to be. We put capital to work right off the bottom. We rode that all day. So now let's shift over to the risk monitor. Okay? We rode it all day, making money on our day trade again. But on this particular day, we chose to hold a portion overnight. Because the risk monitor right here, so this is the day you're looking at. This day right here is the Fed day. Okay? And that's the day the risk monitor actually changed yellow. I should make this a yellow single uh, color so you can see how to use this information. It turned yellow on that day. So what we do when the risk monitor turns yellow, and I'll just show you this square right here, is where we turned 
green, okay? Really, these two bars turn green. All right. So you're a subscriber to the Armour Report. I don't care if you're an original subscriber or you're a pro subscriber. You're going to get this information. It's the risk monitor. You're able to see it at the end of every day. If you're on the live desk with me, I'm telling you at the end of the day, we just changed from red to yellow. So we're going to carry a part of our day trade on the S&P index overnight now as a swing trade. So how do you use Armour information to make money? You start with the day trade. We're risk monitor red. Let's go back to that. The Armour report protected capital during a three-month decline, right? Because we were basically risk monitor red since December 3rd, protecting capital right up until. And we had a change to yellow and back to red once. Oh, that happens. But over that period of time, we've been protecting capital and building massive alpha in our portfolios. Alpha being when the market goes down and, and, and you're flat, you're building alpha. And of course, you all know we've been buying and building a fairly aggressive portfolio of commodity investments. As I said at the start of January, that this is the year of the commodity super cycle. So we've actually had enormous alpha, right? Because the market's dropped and our portfolio's gone up because of our commodity holdings. But we'll get to that later. I'm going to share with you what stocks we were buying this week, what we might buy next week. We'll go over that in a minute. Okay, so the first step of using Armour information to protect capital is when we go risk monitor red, you avoid the collapse in the market. The next step is to use the day trading techniques to get us long and capture alpha during the day, which we've been doing for the last three months. I mean, we do it all the time, but specifically during a bear market when volatility spikes, the market's plummeting, our job is to put capital to work in the indexes each day and capture the bounces so we can bank the alpha we're building. The next step is when the risk monitor changes from red to yellow to green, you're putting capital to work. I'm putting capital to work. You do whatever you want that fits your risk tolerance, yada, 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 right? Okay? We put capital to work when the risk monitor changes. We start by holding index positions. That's the simplest thing to do. We've been out of the market. Now we have index exposure. Starts with the day trade, carried overnight, and you could see that that expressed itself into green by Friday at the close. Right? And I was sharing with all of you who are subscribers that really the next day was, was, was green, but I wanted to wait till Friday at the close to make sure we had a strong weekly candle. Okay, and we got that. And so by the end of the day Friday, let's just go look at the weekly chart now. Okay, we have an intense and beautiful weekly candle on the market, closing back above the key moving averages. Okay, how do you use the armor report information to make money? The armor portfolios now come into play, right? So if you look at, I'm just trying to walk you through this step by step. So it's easy to understand the information and how to process it and put it to work, right? As an armor subscriber, you go into the armor insider subscription portion of the website and you're going to see model portfolios, okay? So the object now is when the risk monitor changes, the first thing we do is we make sure we hold 
index positions overnight. You can express that any way you want. What I'm doing personally, the Armour portfolios are doing, is carrying an S&P position. Some markets I'll carry S&P, NASDAQ, small cap, and the Dow. In this particular market, I'm putting all of my index exposure into the S&P, and I'll explain why in a minute. But the next step of using the Armour information to make money is once the risk monitor is green, guess what? If you look at the armor portfolios today, we're already 100% invested. We had a profitable week. We want to get our capital to work as close to the stop as possible. Now, I'm going to be the first to tell you, and I say it over and over again so, so it's totally clear. The armor algorithms are not a crystal ball. I'm not on this show talking to you pretending that I've got information that always makes money. Anybody who's doing that is completely lying to you. Hey, follow me. Here are the stocks that always go up. Total lie. Nothing always goes up. Those people make money for a short period of time and they blow up. And they don't care if you blow up. They just go and try to get another subscriber. Right? What I'm doing here is running my own personal capital and I'm sharing the information with you. So the last thing I want to have happen is my portfolio to blow up because it's real money that I invest. Quite frankly, I, I mean, I could just manage my own net worth the rest of my life and be content. But I share this information with you because I think it's fun, first of all, to take 30 plus years of experience and let and, and, and pass it, what do they say? You know, pay it forward. I want to share what I've learned. And number two, the biggest benefit of the Armour Report for me is that you guys keep me honest. It's made me such a better, more effective trader and steward of my own capital that I talk to you every weekend to get myself prepared for every Monday that we go over every Monday, every morning meeting, getting ourselves ready for the day, that I share my live screen all day and talk to you about what I'm doing step by step. It makes me a better investor, me a better trader, because it forces me to execute. And the hardest thing about investing is not knowing what to do. It's knowing how to execute, when to execute, and the psychology of trading, getting over fear and greed. So I want to thank all of you right now for taking your time to spend it with me because you're helping me out. But I digress. Let's get back to how to make money with the Armour Report step by step. We start day trading indexes. We go to risk monitor yellow. So we hold the indexes overnight now. It's a swing trading position. And by the end of the week, when the risk monitor is green, we're fully invested. So... The risk monitor is not a crystal ball. It's not a neural network. It's a probability algorithm. There could easily be a reversal next week. So let me make this very clear today. The market could implode next week. And everything I say on this call today, I will be reversing on the live trading desk. Stops will be hit. I'll be going back to cash. I'll be employing hedging strategies intraday to protect the portfolios. That's a fact. And with what's going on in Eastern Europe, 
it's even more important than ever that we stick to stop-loss disciplines. No matter what my fundamental opinions are, no matter what the algorithms tell me, the stops are getting hit, something's wrong, and we're going to find out later what it is. Somebody else already knows. Somebody big already knows. To give you an example, this is kind of sickening an example, but I am going to share it for all of you to know who perhaps weren't part of this when it happened. But for a month leading up to 9-11, airline stocks were getting destroyed. Is that a coincidence or does somebody always know before you and before me? And this is why we need to use stop losses to protect ourselves. We don't know what's going on, but our ideas aren't working. That's an extreme example, but there's never been a more clear one. I'll never forget that. I was working in Manhattan at the time. I was living in Manhattan at the time. I was on 48th Street and Broadway when it happened in a cab, going to work in the financial institution. I digress. Let's get, let's get on to how we executed now. These are the stocks, and I'm going to share with you now. Um, there's a new rally attempt. So how do we build the portfolio? All year, we've been making money in commodity stocks. I believe this is the year of the commodity super cycle. I keep saying that to you. So we already own, and we're going to go through some charts now, precious metals, energy, uranium, some agricultural plays we added this week. Okay? So let's look at those. But then I want to share with you what do we do when the risk monitor turns green? There's a risk-on opportunity that's different than a commodity play. So the other half of our portfolio, we wanted to fill out Thursday and Friday to balance the portfolio with innovator, crypto, cannabis, technology-type investments that have been crushed in the, stock, in, in the bear market, right? So even though we're in a commodity super cycle, if there's a risk on run, we might see money come out of some commodities next week. I don't know. So whatever I'm doing, I'm not increasing my commodity exposure when the risk monitor turns green. I'm starting to put positions in the portfolio that will balance the portfolio. So this is how you can use the, the armor report information to make money and protect money. It's learning how to manage a portfolio correctly in every environment, right? I've been doing it for over 30 years. I've ran hedge funds for you know, over a decade. So I'm just sharing with you all techniques that professionals use to structure portfolios. So let's dive right in and take a look at a couple. Okay. So my favorite thing to do first is just take a big picture of markets so we can see what's happened. Big sell-off, buy signal. Okay. How do we want to put money to work? Let's look at the NASDAQ real quick. Let's just run through the indexes. And by the way, you haven't missed anything yet if you didn't put any money to work, okay? Yeah, it'd be great to, to put money to work like we did, you know, as close to the entry points possible. But there'll be opportunities next week. An unbelievable drumming like this in the NASDAQ 100 is not going to go straight to new highs. 
There's going to be volatility. There's going to be weakness. Very often at the beginning of a new risk on green signal, there'll be a day or two of some pretty ugly selling. And if the, if the stop holds, then the next move really accelerates. Okay. Let's look at the IBD 50 innovator breaking long-term downtrends, right? Let's look at ARC for a second. Okay. Breaking a long-term downtrend on ARC. So let's go dive into um, stocks that are in our portfolio already, right? We added things like CCJ last week right here. We added, um, of course, we already owned, you know, our precious metals. Now, let me tell you what we did last, you know, last week and a half. If you remember last Saturday, I expressed to you that we sold some of our metals near the highs, which was Friday's close of last of, of of two weeks ago, right? And we were buying that position back down at key support. So what I like to say at the Armour Report is we trade around the core. When assets run up to targets, we book partial profit. I don't care if it's 25%, 30%, 50%, whatever you want, okay? And when it comes back down to support and proves itself, we put the trade back on and we trade around the core, which enhances our performance and protects our portfolio, all right? So things like um, rig were added back to the portfolio. Now you all know I sold, we sold rig right here. Those of you following us um, are um, we're, we're part of this decision. We were out right there. Okay, we sold rig. Then it collapsed, so we bought rig back right in here. Okay. So the first thing we do when the risk monitor is shifting to yellow is we rebuild our commodity portfolio that we reduced the prior week. And then we added agricultural plays. Let's take a quick look at some ag plays. The two favorites, the biggest cap, the easiest to trade, the easiest to invest in from a, a sleep at night standpoint for me is deer. There's, I've been telling you for weeks now, I'm not missing this deer chart. Some of you want to know about, um, potash and, and um, you, know, for, you know, all kinds of fertilizers and all these other investments that have skyrocketed. I'm not, I'm not playing them, right? And this gets back to the question of why would I just own the S&P, not the NASDAQ and the small cap and the Dow right now as my index positions? And the reason is I believe risks are still very high. So when I come in every day, when I build my portfolio, I'm trying to figure out is, are the probabilities at their highest that I can make money? I use algorithms for that. And then I say, is the reward from here worth the risk? So when the risk monitor turns green, rewards start to get interesting. Risk at this moment is at a higher level than normal. So in 2020, when we bought the bottom of the market, the ARM report, and a lot of you did it with us, that was a risk monitor green signal in March, I think March 25th of, of 2020, where we got aggressively long quickly a, a lot of growth assets because the Fed was buying everything in sight and adding liquidity, and there was no ground war in Eastern Europe. Fast forward to today, we have a risk monitor green signal, a, a, a conflict in Eastern Europe. I, I can't even begin to figure out what's going to happen there. We can talk about that in a minute if we want. 
Um, so risks are elevated. And the Fed just told us they're going to be raising rates all year. They're going to probably raise rates into 2023, and they're going to start reducing liquidity by you know, um, their asset purchase. They're going to start reducing the balance sheet next month. So risks are elevated. Reward is possible. I'll put some money to work, but I don't want to get over my skis, getting, get, getting into illiquid assets that are with, with massive volatility, right? What I want are big cap names where I feel I've got the liquidity to get out if stops are hit without total destruction, and where I think institutions are going to be comfortable hiding if there's a tradable rally in here. And the easiest way to get into the ag business for an institution is to buy shares of deer breaking out of that chart pattern. And then right next to deer, you got to look at Caterpillar. You just can't have, you can't have a commodity super cycle without Caterpillar, the guy that moves all the commodities, without that stock going up. So all the bad news is in these companies. They announced earnings. They talked about input costs skyrocketing, which is inflation, faster than they can produce and increase their prices. That means margins are getting squeezed. So that's why these stocks look like they were going to break down. And they reversed. That tells you those fundamental fears aren't there for institutions. They're looking further out. And they see a massive, you know, uh, earnings cycle, revenue cycle coming for these companies. So we got long there. Now, let's shift over real quick to the three new groups that we were buying on Thursday and Friday to balance our portfolio. Crypto, did I just say that? Did I just say crypto? I don't believe it, right? You guys are falling off your seat because you know I'm not a crypto guy and I normally don't buy crypto, right? And I told everybody in the 60,000s of Bitcoin, and I keep telling you every you know, Saturday, you probably are sick and tired of hearing me say it, but I told you back then that it was a disaster waiting to happen and there's no way I want to own it. Okay, so then Bitcoin dropped 50%, found its base between 30 and 40,000. And the fact is, Crypto is not a, 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 um, um, an asset that protects capital when the markets are imploding, but it is a risk-on asset. Now, there may be one day where people start treating Bitcoin like gold and silver. I don't know. I'm willing to put money to work when the assets drop 50% and built a bottoming wedge. Let's go look at it. This is one of the first stocks we bought on our trading desk on Fed Day Wednesday, which is this day right here. And you can see the bottoming wedge that's building in Bitcoin, right? So this was actually the day we bought on our trading desk. And this is how you can use the ARM report to make money, right? We share it as it's happening. That was the day we bought Bitcoin. Of course, it popped on Friday. This is a bottoming wedge. We bought it at the bottom of the wedge, close to the stop. And if this thing is able to skyrocket and break out of this bottoming wedge, then we're on Bitcoin cheap for whatever the next run is. You know, I don't make predictions. I don't, I mean, I don't know if it's going to go to 80,000, 100,000, 500,000, and all these other ridiculous numbers that people, you know, pretend they know, um, um, you know, on Twitter. Nobody knows. I'm going to use stop loss. It hits the stop, I'm out. If it takes off, we're going to keep making money and we'll raise our stop and see what we can get out of it. All right. We also added innovator stocks for the first time in a long time, all right? So let's go look at the ARK funds again, right? ARK has been imploding, and we've avoided this complete collapse in the innovator stocks. I mean, the total collapse we've avoided. 
but we have on our whiteboard and we maintain on our whiteboard our favorite innovator investments. And we keep doing research, we listen to conference calls, so we know that the companies are right, the fundamentals are right, and the stocks are being trashed for whatever other reason. And when we get risk monitor greens, we go look at our whiteboard, look at our innovator names, and figure out which chart patterns are showing us the strongest companies. And we use Armour Algos for individual stocks to tell us entry points. So here, I'll show you a couple of names. All right, the first thing we did was we added PSTG. Now, we actually bought it right here in front of the earnings announcement a few weeks ago and captured the gap up on earnings, sold it, okay? Made this base. Now, this was a high cup and handle, and we ended up buying it back right in here. So, Pure Storage, one of my favorite stories, has been for a long time, was trapped in the ARC fund, so it got destroyed. And as you can see, you compare Pure Storage to the ARC a chart pattern, this is differentiating itself as a leader. Pure storage. Um, here's another idea. Listen to the conference call of CrowdStrike. This was a gap up right here on earnings. Okay, okay. We profited from the gap up on earnings. Stock made a Consolidation, a four-day consolidation, one of my favorite type of moves. So it gaps up, and then it consolidates one, two, three. And on day four, it breaks that little downtrend, and you want to start getting long the asset because it's proven that the gap is going to hold. Very often, gaps get filled, so you have to wait four days to make sure it's not going to get filled. And then you can use the low of these two meeting bar days as your stop. Put the trade on. CrowdStrike is a home run. I suggest you all go listen to the last conference call. I mean, it's total blowout. This is a home run. If this was not a brutal bear market that was crushing innovator stocks, this stock would be at a new high already. Just look at the group of cybersecurity companies. They've been destroyed. Okay, and so it's very hard for stock to go up, but the whole group's getting wrecked. But if we have a risk monitor green window, now's the time to go to the whiteboard find our favorite names. We've been doing the homework. We know the company's solid. We put the stock in the portfolio. Um, moving on, I'm going to get to your questions in a minute. Don't worry. just want to round it out with a couple other thoughts. Um, what, um, let me share with you. I feel like I'm forgetting something. But let's move over to um, Kratos. Okay? So here's a kind of a win-win. From, a, from the standpoint of an of a, um, innovator idea. Kratos Defense is the cutting edge of warfare. They dominate the drone business. There, I mean, there's a couple of companies out there that are focused on drone um, development, which is the future of warfare. If there's one thing we've, we've, as investors, and this is horrible and unfortunate, but as you witness what's going on in Eastern Europe, the one thing you can pick up as an investor, one of many, right, is that drone warfare is literally the future of warfare. What the Ukrainians are able to do with drones is showcasing the importance of this technology. My favorite drone play has always been um, Kratos. Problem is Kratos is part of four, three or four different ARC funds. 
When the ARC funds get destroyed, everything gets destroyed inside of the ARC fund. It's a simple function of selling the ETF, and they have to sell every stock in the ETF. So if the ARC funds have turned a corner and innovators are going to start going up, I think Kratos has a lot of catching up to do. So you can see we buy Kratos right in here off the 50-day moving average. On top of that, we added shares, um, a small position here, okay, on AVAV. We just started buying it. You can see it's broken the downtrend. And the reason for this is that this drone company makes the switchblade that you've probably heard about on TV. Um, it's the product being used by the Ukrainians to stop Russian forces. Um, it's, a, it's like a, it's an intelligent mortar round, if you've ever seen it. It fires like a mortar round, gets up in the air, hovers, because it's a drone, can be directed from a, by ground forces to then fall from the air at the right place. I mean, it's like a, it's a heat-seeking, laser-guided, you know, mortar round. It's incredible, this product. I, um, I'm not going to get into it right now in depth, but I, I will tell you that um, I'm good friends with a, um, a retired military expert that's in a position to know many things that are going on in Eastern Europe. And... I shared with you a couple weeks ago the importance of drones. Unsolicited, he was telling me this two days ago, that it's an absolute game changer. Um, I, I shared with him my concerns about AVAV, okay, aero environment. I felt that the balance sheet couldn't support the demand coming in for the product. I felt that they have to source a ridiculous amount of their um, uh, input from China, and so how can I go invest in this company? They talk about in the conference call they have supply chain issues, and his opinion is all of that's going to go away. This is the most important new piece of, of, of uh, equipment for um, the theater of war in Eastern Europe, and um, the package that Biden, of course, signed, $800 billion, includes this product, and um, it's, it's his opinion, and he could be wrong, but it's his opinion, he's, a, he's in a position to know, that um, they won't have a problem sourcing material to make these products. So if he's right on that, this is a stock has to be owned. If he's wrong on that, I have a stop loss I'll be using. Okay, so right in here is the gap up. I took a, about a half a position size. I'll use my four-day rule to see how it trades over the next couple of days. If it takes out the low of the gap day, I'm out and I'll look to buy it cheaper. If it holds the gap day and builds a high tight pennant, I'll be adding to the position next week. Now let's round out this conversation. It's already been 42 minutes. I'm sure you got questions. Fill up the chat board and I'll answer all those questions I can. So let's round this conversation out with something I know you've all been waiting to hear. And that is that we're buying cannabis again. Okay? I've been saying from day one, cannabis cannot go up if the small cap index is going down. I got a lot of flack for that, okay, when, you know, it was trading up here. I got a lot of flack for that up here, okay? Why would I say that? And I don't know what I'm talking about. And cannabis is the greatest thing ever. And I said, guys, I agree. Cannabis is the greatest thing ever. But cannabis stocks, particularly MSOs, multi-state operators in the U.S., trade on the Canadian Stock Exchange. 
which is the smallest of the small cap. So if small caps are imploding, there's no way cannabis stocks are going up. So I think that argument is now complete. When the risk monitor changes green and we see the small cap index turning, possibly turning, then the first thing I'm going to do is own, see, here's the small cap index. And you can see it's made a base actually outperforming the other indexes going back to late January, breaking the downtrend now. Okay? So now I'm willing to own my favorite cannabis investment, which is simply MSOS. Yes, this means you can go buy your favorite MSO. I mean, you want to go buy, you know, True Leaf, Green Thumb, any of them. They all move as a group. So I follow MSOS. I use that as an investment tool. I might go buy and supplement my MSOS position with some of my favorite uh, um, U.S. MSOs. But the window is open to take a shot. And we've earned the right to take that shot because we've avoided the collapse. So how do you use the armor report to protect capital and make money? This is a question new subscribers have been asking me, and that's why I keep focusing on this in this, this discussion today. This is a perfect example of that. The armor report has kept you, kept me, right, out of cannabis stocks for the majority of the collapse. That's step one. But step two is we got to put money to work to capture the alpha of avoiding the implosion. And so we do that using algorithms, understanding the risk monitor, and simply looking at price action. Okay? So to look at price action here, if you go back and look at this entire downtrend, I challenge you to find any four-day rally. Can you find four days up in a row during this entire downtrend? And I don't mean little tiny days like this. I mean four clear up bars. One, two, three, four, where it's accelerating on each bar. Candlestick charting would call this three white soldiers. You're not going to find it on the entire decline. So what's happened? Two things. We have the three white soldiers. We have an armor algo entry point. And we have an index that did not touch the bottom of the downtrend. So throughout the entire downtrend, this is technical analysis 101, for those of you who are new to technical analysis. All we're doing here is studying price movement. And you'll see the top of the trend gets touched and the bottom gets touched. And the top gets touched and the bottom gets touched. Okay? What you're looking for on a downtrend is for a run down to the bottom of the channel not to meet that yellow line. See, here it does. Touches it, touches it, comes back. Here, we're making a higher low in this downtrend. We haven't touched the yellow. That's bullish. It means the, the buyers might be getting in control of all that selling. And so we put some capital to work. And I'm here to tell you one last thing, and I'll get to the Q&A. Um, I've added shares of in, in, uh, intuitive, um, uh, innovative, sorry, uh, properties, which is the REIT, the cannabis REIT. For those of you who recall, right back here, I shared with you a report. This was right here. And I, I have this. We can go look in the archives of um, the Armour Report, and you can watch this video way back here at $75.65. I told you all this 
stock would be the single best way to play cannabis going forward. And I think we can all see that that was you know, more accurate than even I realized. Because while MSOS has been going straight down, this had an unbelievable run. It's a REIT. It was paying us a dividend. I've been, I carried it in my dividend portfolio for almost the entire run. Okay, I'm out of it. It, it imploded. And I want to share with you all that I'm moving back into the position. As it comes down, finds support at a key level, sets up a base, and has three white soldiers breaking above the 50-day moving average. This goes back into my dividend portfolio. I use the low of this structure as my stop on a weekly basis. So that about rounds out our discussion for today. That'll be a stop on a weekly basis. My dividend portfolio is different than the rest. The rules we follow at the Armour Report for our dividend portfolio require us to use a more lenient stop. We trade less. We try to get long-term on these assets. We try to collect yield as long as we can. And so we use weekly charts, and we do not use the risk monitor to disturb the position. That's what we do with the rest of our portfolio. We have four portfolios we run. Armour 1 focuses on our whiteboard. Armour 2 focuses on swing and day trading indexes and ETFs. Armour 3 really is Armour Index only, which is 100% long the market as of Risk Monitor Green. It owns every index of the top seven that we follow, and then our dividend portfolio. All right, so thanks for joining me today. That was a long conversation. Let's get to your Q&A. Sorry that took so long. It was just a lot to talk about, and, and Muhammad, I, I totally agree. It's going to be a fun show because there's just a lot to talk about. Stephen, how are you? My video's blurry. That's a real bummer. I can't fix that right now, but thanks for sharing. Thoughts on T? Scary high dividend. Thanks so much. Yeah, so let's get to um, T. I'm hoping uh, the, 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 the blurriness, Stephen, is, is hopefully your screen, not mine. Um, Deb, I keep looking at this. I, I want to add this to the Armour um, dividend portfolio. This looks like a clear double bottom building at a higher level. The trigger for me, Deb, is going to be a breaking of the downtrend. I don't like to buy any asset uh, where I feel like I'm catching a falling knife. So it keeps going down, down, down. So I draw a line like this. And by the way, we use Armour algorithms, right? So we don't have an algo entry point. The entry point will happen when this thing pops up like that, breaking the downtrend. I never, Deb, I never want to buy the ultimate low because obviously nobody knows the ultimate low except for in retrospect. And so if I keep thinking I'm buying the ultimate low, I keep losing money that keeps going lower. So I look for structure. I look for bottoming wedges. And then I look for that first day or two of institutional flows of capital, meaning volume, driving price higher. When that happens, I'll add AT&T to my um, dividend portfolio because I personally believe one of two things is going to happen, Deb. Number one, it's a scary high dividend because everybody expects them to cut it. So the day they cut it, I mean, you can write this down and call me on it if I'm wrong. Okay, give me some room. The week that they cut it, the price of AT&T stock will be higher, not lower. The day they cut it could be a knee-jerk reaction, sells it off. But by the end of that week, the price will be higher. Anybody who's short the asset 
will cover on the news. Okay. And when they cut the dividend, what they'll probably do, which I've seen this happen over and over again, is they'll be announcing some type of restructuring package to reinvigorate growth. And you'll get new investors that come in on that. So it won't just be, oh, God, things are so terrible, we're cutting the dividend. It'll be, here's our new path to profitability, and we're going to cut the dividend and use this to do that. And they'll, it, it will be a, a moment of bottoming of the stock. So what's the risk down here is what I'm saying to myself. If management is able to deliver on a turnaround and continue to pay the dividend, well, then we lock this thing in at an 8-plus percent yield for the rest of our lives. That would be sick. That would be an unbelievable win-win. The stock will go up and we'll have a dividend. And if they cut the dividend, by the end of the week, the stock's probably up. I just don't see what the risk is. So I'm just waiting for a turn to show me that support's coming in, and then I'll, I'll put that in the portfolio. Insider article says, Biden to allow drilling on federal land. If true, what to add? Oh, that's really interesting. All right. So you know we already own rig. This is offshore drilling. Okay, my favorite drilling stock every cycle is Helmrich and Payne, HP. They have the intellectual property. They have the intellectual property around, so they have IP around technology that makes their drilling rigs more effective than their peers. Go to their website and do some research. You'll see what I'm talking about. And the second, probably most important thing is they have the biggest inventory of mothballed rigs ready to convert and start working. So the guy who's got the biggest inventory is the guy whose stock does the best in a market like this. Okay? That you know, makes me think of the guy who has the biggest inventory in uranium is the guy whose stock is going to do the best over time. That's CCJ and that's UUU. Those are the two companies that have yellow cake sitting in inventory. And that's why those are the two biggest uranium plays in our portfolio of the Armour Report. Everything else might work later in the cycle when prices continue to skyrocket and developmental properties be, be, you know, get caught up in the hysteria. But I like to invest in the quality guys. So HP is my favorite player. Um, you know, nothing wrong with PTEN. That stock looks great. PDS. I mean, I wouldn't buy any of these things up here, though. They've already skyrocketed. So I've got my plays. That's all I want to own. Um, I thought Noble Drilling looks great. This is a Swiss company that, you know, came out of bankruptcy. Um, and so you would think a European driller might be really effective in a, in a world where Europe needs to find uh, reserves pretty quick. I think Neighbors is a great idea. They're worldwide also, and I love this Neighbors chart. You know, so I would probably add Neighbors or NE. You know, as they're just now breaking out, I would increase what well, we did. Last week, we increased our HP position and our rig. So that's what I would be doing. Oh, good. The video is clear. Excellent. All right. Saber, hello, Brett. Good morning. How are you, Saber? Nice to see you on a Saturday after spending so much time with you during the week. I love to see you guys who come in and join me on Saturday and get ourselves ready. I appreciate it. What do I think of Ford? Wow, look at Ford. All right, let's put some of these names down on the list. I'm going to grab a pen and a piece of paper. You guys might want to do this too so that I can do some research and put them on my, my, um, 
my whiteboard for next week. So, you know, um, Ford's come all the way down to the 200-day moving average is what you're talking about. You're saying, hey, is now a time to put the position on? It may be. Um, so we'll, we'll put it on the list. How about XBI, which is biotech? God, I mean, it just biotech looks god-awful. I just don't see any, any, anything. Lower lows, lower highs. I don't see anything here. I want to give a, a nod to, a shout-out to Lena, another Armor Insider, who's been calling Regeneron absolutely right. And I avoided Regeneron because I say, hey, I, I, how can I buy Regeneron with, you know, IBD looking this terrible? But, you know, the leader is starting to break out, so maybe something will happen in biotech. It's just not for me right now. JJ, what's happening, man? Brett. Euphorical trap. Okay. Okay. What are your thoughts? Okay, great. So um, you think it's a trap. There's nothing that's changed. Inflation, war, rise in oil prices, supply chain. What are my thoughts? I really appreciate you um, asking, asking that question. Okay. It's an important, it's an important question. You know what? It's going to require a sip of coffee before I answer it. The elixir of life. Okay. JJ, March 25th of 2020. We got a wrist monitor green. We were buying with two hands. And at the very same time, I was spending like an hour every day washing fruit and vegetable and boxes and Gatorade bottles off with, you know, like Clorox and a mask and gloves. My point is, when, when you get the best entry points, there's typically horrific news all around you. The pandemic was at its height. There was absolute panic. We were buying the market aggressively, and I was literally fighting people at Publix for rolls of toilet paper. It was ridiculous. Better get here Thursday, 8 in the morning. That's when the truck delivers, you know, napkins. I mean, it was absurd. So let's fast forward to now. Yes, it's an inflationary environment. Fed's raising rates. That's different than 2020. Totally possible. This is a bull trap. I'm not going to argue with you. But I just want to remind you. So first of all, how do we use the armor report to make money? Okay. Half our portfolio, maybe more than half, is commodity related. So if there's a window to make money in the market, you see, if the market's crashing, JJ, you can't make money almost in, in anything. I mean, when the market really starts to implode, they'll sell gold stocks. They'll sell oil stocks. It won't make a difference. Like everything gets pummeled. But when we get a risk monitor green signal, it tells me, hey, window's open and the commodity bull is going to rip. So we've focused our portfolio on commodities. It's why we're making money this year. I mean, you could argue, JJ, exactly what you argued. And I don't know what your portfolio is doing for the year, but the armor report portfolios are up for the year. We're almost at new highs right now. So with all of what you said being true, the right structure of a portfolio can make money. It's not a bull trap. As long as the market doesn't crash, I expect we're going to make a lot of money in uranium stocks, precious metal stocks, energy stocks, agricultural stocks. The list goes on. 
So that's another thought for you. So number one, news is always terrible, right, when you should be buying. Number two, the type of year it is, we can structure a portfolio that makes money off a risk monitor green. It might be trapping people trying to buy semiconductor companies and big cap tech. I don't disagree with you there. This gets back to why I don't own the NASDAQ 100 right now. I just own the S&P as my, as my index position because I think the NASDAQ 100 suffers in an inflationary environment with the Fed's raising rates, bond markets employ. I mean, I agree with 100% of what you're saying. So I'm not running out there and buying big tech. You don't hear me talking about, hey, let's go buy Microsoft today. Time to buy Apple. I mean, they might go up from here, but I totally agree with you on the big picture of inflation. And here's the last thought to answer your question. You don't know if this is a bull trap, and I don't know if this is the start of a significant tradable rally. What I know is that the probabilities are at their highest right now that the market's going up based on my algorithms, armor algorithms that I'm sharing with you. And I know that I'll use stop losses to protect myself if I'm wrong. I started this conversation saying, everything I'm saying today, I could unwind Monday if the market's imploding. Stops will be hit, I'll go to cash. I suggest you become an armor insider Join us on the desk, and you'll know exactly what's happening while it's happening. I'll share the information with you. This is what's happening. Here are the stops that are being hit. We're going back to cash. What I've found over my life doing this, JJ, is we never know when the right time is based on our emotions, based on fundamentals. Okay? The friend of mine who was highly placed in the U.S. military since retired and still connected to a lot of valuable information, his opinion is, of all the scenarios that could play out in Eastern Europe, uh, Ukraine's going to win the war. That's his opinion. And this is a guy who would know. If he's right, what do you think happens to the stock market over the next couple of weeks if that happens? If there's a resolution, right? he says win the war, a stalemate is a win for Ukraine and a, a, some type of, um, I know the news is horrific right now and it's never going to happen. I'm just saying, if it were to happen, the market would skyrocket for a couple of weeks. It wouldn't matter there's inflation in the Fed doing it. It would just be a relief rally of epic proportion. I don't know if that's going to happen. All I can do is say, here's the armor algo entry point. I don't know if my friend has, has, he doesn't have any more information than anybody else. He just understands it better, right? And so he looks at the situation. He says to me, this is what I think is the number one probability. There's other probabilities. We might wake up one morning and Putin is no longer running Russia, okay? We could wake up and God forbid there's a tactical nuke that's been used. I mean, we don't know. So we can't manage money afraid of news stories. We use algorithms to execute. We use stop losses to protect. That's all I can do. And I, I structure a portfolio that I hope will withstand whatever comes. Horrific news should put energy, uranium, precious metals up dramatically, while the rest of the portfolio that I have might suffer that day. We'll use day trading tactics to protect ourselves and hedge ourselves. 
This is our own battle. This is our own war for our financial security. We use algorithms to protect ourselves and to, to give us our entry points and our exits. We use stop losses to protect. And we just execute a strategy instead of trying to guess what's going to happen next. Because guess what, JJ? We're never going to know. You know, and then you'll look back four weeks from now and be like, God, I can't believe the market is hitting all-time new highs for whatever reason. But you won't know it until it's already there. You're like, holy smokes, how did that happen? So I just execute. I just execute, you know, and I, and I use stops. And I can't help it if there's some type of horrific news that happens and the market gaps down 5 or 10% and I lose some money. I can't, I can't manage money worried about something that could happen one out of 100 times. I have to get on the right side of probabilities over and over again. When reward is worth the risk, algorithms help me do it, and I just execute. It's the psychology of investing and trading. It's the hardest part of this. Uh, back in the building. Hey, LD, how are you? Couldn't believe my eyes. Hedging risk. Um, interesting. NT. D-O-Y. Nintendo. Really? On telephone telegraph. Interesting chart there on, on NTT. TechMonkey. Is Rig a type of company that you receive a K-1? No, Rig is not a, is not a uh, uh, an MLP. You're thinking of a master limited partnership. This is a corporation. Say more about which types of companies issue K-1s for jobs. Um, how to know the difference. Um, as far as I'm, um, uh, you know, master limited partnerships, MLPs uh, issue uh, K-1s. How to know uh, the difference. You know, you can go look at their website and they'll tell you if they're going to issue you a K-1. Okay. The pipeline stocks that I own, the four pipeline names that I own, Williams, KMI, um, ENB, and um, there's another one I'm forgetting. Um, Williams, KMI, I'm forgetting the other one right now. Oh, yeah, OKE. Those four pipelines I own because they're corporations. They turn themselves into corporations. They're not MLPs. And then I own AMLP, which is the ETF that takes care of everything so, it, so you don't get um, a K-1, all right? So um, do a little bit of homework there on the LTDs and the PLCs, but I'm almost certain it's just MLP that you have to worry about. Um, I, I could be wrong there. You got to take a look at PLC. I can't remember, but limited partners, LTDs, I don't, um, LTD is not a limited partnership. So you have to go take a look. You know, you look at limited partners, master limited partners. Those are the guys that usually are issued K-1s. All right, um, yeah, Tesla, you know, Tesla stock is, you know, one of our leading indicators on the market and helps us day trade, okay? So um, we follow this closely. It looks great, but, uh, it, you know, it's big cap tech is what it does, right? It trades in the NASDAQ 100, and I'm not, my portfolio is not buying big cap tech right now. So my portfolio is not buying fundamentally 
I'm not buying companies where the input costs are, are going up faster than they can increase their prices at the other end. So manufacturing companies are very tricky right now. I bought Caterpillar and Deer because they already had bad earnings announcements and told everybody, you know, the problem they're having. And the stocks are going up anyway. So I'm going to own those. I love Tesla. I'd like to get in on Tesla. I would. But I'm not, I'm not too interested in, in owning a, um, a NASDAQ 100 name right now. So my portfolio is more geared towards commodities, special situation, innovator type of names. Um, everything can kind of like pure storage. It runs kind of marches to the beat of its own drum. Um, uh, I'm, I'm buying Kratos. It's an innovator, but let's be honest, it's, it's a defense stock. So that's kind of what I'm doing with my portfolio, and, and I haven't bought Tesla, but the chart looks great, and there's nothing wrong with it, Sean. And that's the, that stock should be bought, without a doubt. If you like Tesla, this is the entry point. The stock would be probably the low of, of this day right here, back below the, all the moving averages, which, you know, the low of that day is 825.72. So as long as Tesla stays above 825.72, I would be long the stock. And what the hell, I might do it because I really, I really love Elon Musk. I, I've done a complete about face. You know, I just, um, I, I, I just, I used to rail against him, and I, I just, I've done a complete about face. Digital Ocean, not my favorite chart pattern below all the key moving averages and kind of a, a wider and loose pattern. So not, not my cup of tea there. I guess you are forgetting MSOS. Why do you say, why am I forgetting MSOS? We talked, we talked, uh, maybe this is from the conversation earlier. Okay. So I talked about MSOS. What's the four-day rule that you mentioned? My four-day rule, I'll go over it again on CrowdStrike. So this is a four-day rule. You can write this down. I follow this religiously. So it, it really works well for me. Company makes an announcement. It could be an earnings announcement or some other announcement. Stock gaps up and I don't own it. Oh, what a bummer. I don't own it. Don't give up on it. It usually will take three days to consolidate the gap. If it stays above the gap for those three days, day four, Four breaks out to the upside. That's the day to own it. And you can raise your stop to the low of that three-day consolidation. Because what the market's telling you at that point is the gap's going to hold. A lot of gaps fill. So you don't just buy a gap up because at least probably more than half of them go down and fill the gap. All right? So the rule I use is this is the gap up day. And you'll, you'll see this express itself over and over again. Okay? Here's the gap up day, closed here, opened here on earnings. Then one, two, three days of consolidation. And these two, if you notice the tails were meeting bars, this is a meeting bar reversal. The tails were exactly precise, almost the same price, negative day, positive day. So day four is this day right here, and it closes above the high of these two days. That's your entry day. Or you could do it the next morning. You can do it the next morning. And you're in the trade. Look at PSTG. Here's another day four rule. 
gapped up. We actually owned it before the news. It gapped up. Booked a, we booked a profit. It went below the gap. See? One, two, three days. But held, excuse me, the majority of the gap it held. And notice how day four is the breakout day. That was the day to own it. We actually bought it in the morning and made some money on a day trade. I sold it on the day trade. Some Armour Insiders stayed with the trade, and they were right because it kept on going up, and I had to pay up for it on this day. Okay? But the day four rule, gap up. One, two, three. Day four, it goes up. Your stop loss is the low of day two and day three, which very often has a median bar kind of low. Each, each low almost is exactly the same. And so that's where the, the buyers are coming in. And you buy day four if day four is an up day. If day four is a down day, breaks below these two lows, then it's going to close the gap. And you don't want to own it. To Slicksbury video, hit the icon and change the quality. Thanks, Noah. I appreciate that. Thoughts of put covering. All right, yeah, so um, the Canadian um, cannabis companies, I just have no interest in them. If I'm going to make money, it's going to be in the U.S. But I'd love to see, you know, can it be growth, you know, make a bottom in here. That'd be great. Yeah, I knew you meant puts. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, look, Deb, if AT&T um, talks about restructuring and, and announces a dividend cut, I think the stock goes up. I guess my point there. Oh, Lena, you're welcome, and, and thanks so much for all of your input. This is the Lena I was talking about, the Armor Insider, who was all over Regeneron. That was a great call right there. I wish I'd joined you. Um, I, I, as I appear, but what do you think prospects – more access to capital. That's a great question. And it's kind of been what kept me a little cautious on, on IIPR all the way up. I was just on the conference call of, of IIPR's most recent earnings announcement, and I spent time chatting with the CEO and the CFO of the company. They're lovely people and they really know what they're talking about. And I've been chatting with them on and off for probably four years. So I can tell you that everything they've ever told me has been accurate. Everything they've ever said has been right. They're not promoters that they don't, they're, they're cautious in their statements, but everything's been accurate. So having said all that, if you listen to the last conference call, they welcome reform. They truly don't believe that it's a bad thing that MSOs are able to find funding in other ways. Triple net leasebacks are a profitable business model for other industries. This is the number one company that does it. They work with the biggest and the best guys. They've got $400 million of cash in the balance sheet, $300 million already committed for new leasebacks. So I've made the mistake over the last couple of years 
of not making the, the money I should have made on IIPR. I did make it. I made it in my dividend portfolio, but I, I didn't make it in other places. Because of that fear, I kept thinking, well, <clears throat> access to capital is going to get better. It's going to get easier. It's going to hurt this company. And I've come to the realization, and I've had this conversation with management over the last three years. And every time I bring it up, every time they tell me that it's not going to be a problem for them. And I always come away thinking, oh, they're just talking their book. But they've proved themselves right over and over and over again. They're able to raise, they raise capital. What do they do? They go out there and they use, they, they're, they're sharing on the last conference call that there's a, a real interest for a preferred offering. They might offer preferred IIPR stock, raise cash, do more leasebacks. They can use debt to raise cash, do more leasebacks, so they don't have to do common equity anymore, which is really bullish. Okay? Um, they're also doing leasebacks now, not just of cultivation, but they're doing it of retail spaces. This is like, this is just a wonderful way to own the cannabis space from a big picture. And I just don't think that the fact that there is an occasional mortgage deal at 5% is going to stop this company from being profitable and from the stock going up. Now, if I'm wrong, LD, if I'm wrong, I have a stop loss. I'll get stopped out. And it'll tell me that my take on the situation is incorrect. But for right now, number one, I don't think there's any positive legislation coming until after the midterm election, okay? So they're going to have another banner year. The yield's 3.5%. They just increased the yield from $1.50 to $1.75, the dividend, okay? So I think there's a lot of runway for this company, and I think that the management team is smart, and I think they'll be able to maneuver in whatever the environments are. And if you think about you know, legislation that opens up the cannabis business. The, the, the opportunity is just going to balloon. And yeah, there'll be some mortgages that are done and there'll be some, you know, other type of lending that goes on. But it'll just make for, the, what drives this business is more and more states open up, more and more operators build cultivation and they want to do net leasebacks. It's just a no-brainer. So they're in a sweet spot. They're the dominant player, and I'm not concerned about that. Yes, CEF can be a, a, a CEF. Okay, so Sprott Physical Funds, right? We own Sprott Physical Gold, and we own Sprott Physical Silver. CEF is gold and silver. I think 60-40 is the split. CEF always trades a little bit thinner and with a bit of a, bit of a, of a bigger um, discount to NAV. And I just think it's because people who want to own silver buy PSLV, people who want to own gold buy PHYS. And, you know, I don't, I don't even know what the point is of, of CEF. CEF was the first asset that they started uh, a trading at Sprott. And then they had the other two, right? And I used to own CEF, and now I own the other two. I, you can do whatever you want with it. You know, it's, you know. It's, it's, uh, if you want to just own one, you can own that one. But here's something that I think all of you um, should do some homework on because while we're looking at all these spot funds, S-R-U-U-F, you know, is another. Ah. Right, this is the uranium fund. 
which we're making money in. One of my favorite new investments here has got to be Sprott as an investment company. This is the year of the commodity bull cycle, super cycle. And here's a company that creates trusts around commodities. Money must be pouring in to Sprott's business right now. And probably all year long, meaning their earnings and revenue are going to blow out expectations. This is a no-brainer to me. This is a cup-and-handle breakout. We bought SII here. Full disclosure, we own it cheaper. I think this thing's going to go to the moon. I love this idea. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to wish you a wonderful weekend. Thank you for spending time with me again. These meetings go longer and longer, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, any last-second questions, I'll take them because I'm having so much fun today. But if not, it's been lovely working with you guys. As always, it's a, a pleasure and a privilege to spend time together. So thanks for that. And I wish you all a great weekend. And I'll meet all of you in our Slack room, 8.30 Monday morning, so we can look at what happened over the weekend, what the futures are saying, and how we want to day trade and invest as the day unfolds. All right? You guys have a great weekend. Take care. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.